This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, Trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, anger grows in America. Protesters take to the streets as the country braces for another night of violence. The National Guard sent into nearly half of states. America's largest cities impose curfews. Tense moments at the White House as American troops are seen on the White House grounds. Plus, CBS News obtains audio of President Trump berating American governors, demanding a crackdown on protesters. If you don't tell them that you're wasting your time, they're going to run over you. You're going to look like a bunch of jerks. Manner of death. The medical examiner tonight rules George Floyd's death a homicide. His family says their autopsy shows it wasn't just the knee on his neck that killed him, but also the other officers that helped hold him down. George died because he needed a breath. He needed a breath of air. How will this change the investigation? Plus the emotional scene as Floyd's brother visits his memorial and pleads for an end to the violence. And with scenes like these across America, all of it during a pandemic, fears tonight that the virus could spread rapidly. And how can America move forward from this divisive moment? My conversation tonight with historian Lonnie Bunch from the Smithsonian. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. A nation on edge and bracing for another night of protests. After a weekend that saw peaceful demonstrations along with looting and violent clashes in cities coast to coast. The unrest has been spawned by the death of George Floyd one week ago after he was arrested in Minneapolis. Well, tonight, the county medical examiner is calling his death a homicide, saying Floyd's heart stopped while being restrained by police. But George's family says a private autopsy found he was killed by asphyxiation when officers kneeled on his neck and body for more than eight minutes. 
Tonight, protesters calling for justice for Floyd are already out in force nationwide, including thousands marching through the streets of Baltimore tonight. Hundreds are also gathering outside of the White House, where military vehicles and troops are now surrounding the complex there. Well, as we come on the air, 23 states, as well as the mayor of D.C., have called up the National Guard, and more than 40 cities, including New York, Washington, and Los Angeles, have curfews. It is all part of an effort to prevent the type of looting, vandalism, and fires that destroyed neighborhoods across the country this week. Well, tonight, the president is speaking out about the crisis after blasting the nation's governors on a conference call earlier today telling them that they looked weak and that they needed to dominate the protesters, even as many of them called on him to de-escalate the situation. Well, there's a lot of news to report tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is going to lead us off tonight from here in Washington. Chris. Nora, we are just minutes away from a curfew going into effect here in D.C., this demonstration outside the White House has been mostly peaceful today. It has gotten noticeably more tense as we've gotten closer to that 7 o'clock curfew. We've seen two days of peaceful protests turn violent. The hope is tonight stays peaceful. The fact that the police... No justice! No justice! Morning ushered in another day of nationwide demonstrations, sometimes tense but largely peaceful, like here in Philadelphia. In Minneapolis, heartbreak as the family of George Floyd visited the spot where he died in police custody for the first time. His brother Terrence calling for an end to violence. What are y'all doing? Y'all doing nothing! Because that's not going to bring my brother back at all. But the dark of night has been anything but peaceful. The entire Washington, D.C. National Guard now activated after protesters faced off with police, torched cars, broke windows, and looted businesses across the nation's capital overnight. Police responding with tear gas. There's nothing we can do against it. 88 were arrested here, more than 6,500 nationwide. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. Smashed windows uh, and looting are becoming a bigger story uh, than the broken systems that got us here. CBS News has learned last Thursday the Department of Homeland Security warned police nationwide violent protests would grow over the weekend as domestic extremists and others would look to hijack peaceful protests with premeditated and random acts targeting officers and government buildings. D.C. Police Chief Peter Newsham. The tactics that I saw last night uh, by the people, the antagonists, I will call them, uh, appeared to be organized in nature. More than 40 cities, including New York, have imposed curfews, but that hasn't slowed the violence. Late this afternoon, Louisville's police chief was fired after officers and National Guardsmen shot and killed a protester. Police say they were being fired upon, but they did not have their body cameras on. But there are growing signs police and protesters alike have had enough of the violence, as demonstrators in Brooklyn formed a human chain to stop would-be looters. And just hours ago, a dozen police officers taking a knee in front of the Trump Hotel in Washington. And in Sharifport, Louisiana, a police officer comforts a tearful teenager during a Black Lives Matter protest, telling him, we're all here together. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, Washington. I'm Jonathan Bigliotti in Southern California, the site of some of the worst looting in America.
We saw it firsthand in Santa Monica. This is a sushi store here. You can see the chairs were thrown around, even the computers ripped off. And here we have a jewelry store. So across the street, we've got the Patagonia. What you're seeing is people of all ages, all backgrounds, helping themselves, using Black Lives Matters as the reason. It is throughout Santa Monica. So wait, guys, why are you doing this? Are you part of Black Lives Matter? Or are you just surfers? What's the deal, guys? Eventually, police moved in. Santa Monica officials say there were 400 arrests and claim 95% were outsiders. Police Chief Cynthia Renault says the looters took advantage of the peaceful protesters. There are opportunists. The National Guard helped control the crowds. There was also common ground. But it can't undo the damage done. Dr. Alice Sun and Daniel Sholand run Sunny Optometry. The couple saw their business ransacked on the eve of finally reopening their doors. COVID had kept their patients away for nearly three months. Never in a million years did we think it would happen to us. Our life savings in here that just got destroyed. And more than 100 stores were damaged in Santa Monica tonight across L.A. Stores are boarding up their windows ahead of more protests. The National Guard sending in 2,000 troops for protection. Nora. Praying for a safe night, Jonathan. Thank you. A senior White House official tells CBS News that President Trump feels that local leaders haven't done enough to stop the violence here in the D.C. area, and he plans to address that tonight. Earlier today, he scolded the nation's governors, telling them to use more force and to, quote, dominate protesters. This, as some of the president's allies are urging him to invoke the Insurrection Act. That is an 1807 law that allows him to send active duty military to the states. CBS's Paula Reed is at the White House tonight. Paula? Nor this Rose Garden address comes just hours after the president told state leaders in a call that they needed to clamp down on protesters or risk looking like fools. The president's decision to deploy active duty soldiers to deal with the crisis comes as he's been increasingly frustrated by the chaotic scenes unfolding around the country. President Trump had a message today for state leaders dealing with protests and riots. Fight back or you'll lose. In audio obtained by CBS News, the president ripped the nation's governors for being weak. You have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. They're going to run over you. You're going to look like a bunch of jerks. President Trump has called in reinforcements to secure the area around the White House, including the city's entire 1,200-member National Guard force. You've got a big National Guard out there that's ready to come in and fight like hell. Friday night's protests at the White House grew so intense, the president was rushed to an underground bunker used during 9-11. With more protests planned for this evening, members of both parties have called for the president to change his tone. But Mr. Trump made clear today that he believes more force is necessary. The harder you are, the tougher you are, the less likely it is that you're going to be hit. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer was on the call with the president. She described it as deeply disturbing. I think these dangerous comments are gravely concerning because of the clear signal that it says that they're determined to sow seeds of hatred and division in a time where we need to bring the temperature down. Former Vice President Joe Biden, meanwhile, is hoping to contrast his style with the president's, praying today with local African-American leaders in Delaware. And everybody is frightened now. And everybody's angry. And the first thing we have to do is bring people together. 
Protesters and flashbangs can clearly be heard on the White House North Lawn right now. Moments ago, Attorney General Bill Barr was actually seen across the street from the White House among the protesters before he came back over here to the White House to join the president for his Rose Garden address. Nora. Paula Reed at a tense White House tonight. Thank you. An autopsy commissioned by George Floyd's family found that Floyd died at the scene. The report says the weight on his back, handcuffs, and positioning were contributing factors in the homicide. CBS's Jeff Begays is in Minneapolis, where one of Floyd's family members made an emotional visit today. Jeff? Nora, a week after his death, take a look behind me. There is a large crowd gathering here around a makeshift memorial honoring George Floyd. Today, one of his brothers came here asking the public to honor him by demonstrating peacefully. Terrence Floyd knelt at the memorial, and so did the crowd around him. He then pleaded for the violence that has destroyed city blocks in Minneapolis to stop. I know he would not want y'all to be doing this. His brother George Floyd died a week ago today after his arrest was captured on cell phone camera. I cannot breathe. Today, the family's legal team announced the results of their own autopsy, concluded that Derek Chauvin's knee to Floyd's neck was the cause of death, along with the weight of the other two officers on his back, which they say prevented the flow of blood to his brain and air to his lungs. Benjamin Crump is the family attorney. That ambulance was essentially a hearse for George Floyd because based on all apparent evidence, George was dead on that scene. Late today, the county medical examiner released its final report, concluding that Floyd died from a heart attack while being restrained and said he had fentanyl and meth in his system, but still the medical examiner called his death a homicide. Demonstrators continued to demand the three other fired officers be arrested. Most of the protests have been peaceful. This one on Sunday started out that way until a tanker truck sped up toward the crowds. He was trying to scare us into stop protesting. Ivory Jones was in the group that jumped on the driver. But did you guys think that this was some sort of intentional act? Oh, yes, this is very intentional. Today, investigators said the driver did not intend to plow into the crowd. Nora. Jeff Begay is there tonight. Thank you. Tonight, there is outrage over some of the heavy-handed law enforcement tactics caught on camera during this crisis. In the wake of George Floyd's death in police custody, the controversy can be especially troubling for the nation's African-American officers. CBS's Jerika Duncan reports. This is video of a cop putting his knee on a protester in Seattle. Here, a Florida police officer pushes a woman kneeling with her hands up in the air. Because of his actions, another officer fires back by yelling at him. Today, he was relieved of duty. It's not just police. Protesters have attacked and injured those who have been sworn to protect and serve. Dallas Chief Renee Hall. I think there's a level of bias that exists in every individual. And so what we have to do is um, acknowledge it. And that's what we've done here in the Dallas Police Department is we've worked really hard on our implicit bias training. Is bias training enough? You know, um, it's a start. Vincent Montague is president of the Black Shield Police Association and a sergeant with the Cleveland Police Department. One of the images that hit me hard when I was younger was seeing a picture of Emmett Till. And now my sons have to see 
this image. It's sad that it's 2020 and here we are. What we do right now is so important. It means so much to me right now because I just don't want to see my son on the news. I don't want to see him on the news. And he's another George Floyd. I don't want to see that. Sergeant Montague's sons are eight and five years old. Where we're standing right here in Union Square was an area where a lot of protesters gathered yesterday. A number of businesses were damaged. As a result, yesterday there were 4,000 police officers patrolling the streets. Well, the police department announced that it's doubling that amount tonight to about 8,000 officers. Nora? Such an important story, Jerika. Thank you. Today, we went to the National Mall in the shadow of the Washington Monument to speak with historian Lonnie Bunch. He now leads the Smithsonian Institution and is the founder of the National Museum of African American History and Culture, which chronicles the country's troubled past with race. Bunch said America is at a tipping point. The protest is always the way those who are voiceless speak. And so I've always thought that protest in some ways is the highest form of patriotism because you're really trying to make a country better. What about the violence connected with these protests? There's frustration. Um, but I think we want to make sure is that these protests keep focused on what this is about. It's about honoring um, uh, George Floyd. It's about making sure this country realizes that this is the moment it can change itself. What do you think history teaches us about this moment we're in? You know, I keep hearing the words of Ella Baker every day when she said, until the killing of a black mother's son is considered as important to this country as the killing of a white mother's son, we who believe in freedom cannot rest. So for it tells me this is a time for us not to rest, for a time to realize that history suggests that this is a part of a long arc. The arc of history bends towards justice, but it bends slowly. It bends towards justice slowly, and the challenge for us is to recognize that this is a moment that really needs to be a tipping point. Yesterday, Sunday, was the 99th anniversary of the deadliest race massacre in American history, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you look back in history, you will find these moments of real pain. You'll see riots in New Orleans during Reconstruction. You see the destruction of the black downtown in the Tulsa riots. Um, you will see the riots in Harlem in the 1940s. Um, so therefore, this is not new. And the fact the loss of life, unfortunately, you see so many people who have, in some ways, had their left, last breath taken by the lynch rope, by the bullet, and now the knee. My concern is that as a black man, I'm lucky. I'm still breathing. But as a black man in America, I wonder for how long. Let that sink in. Tonight, as the coronavirus pandemic enters a new month, nearly 1.8 million Americans have been infected and almost 105,000 have died, including nearly 26,000 nursing home residents. The governor of New York and mayors from a number of cities warn that the lack of social distancing and mass gatherings can lead to new spikes in coronavirus cases. 14 states from West Virginia and Wisconsin to Washington are still seeing an increase in COVID-19 cases, while others are holding steady or on the decline. 
Protesters are taking to the streets in cities around the world in solidarity with Americans protesting the killing of George Floyd. Thousands marched in London, Berlin, Tehran, Rio de Janeiro, even across the globe in New Zealand, where demonstrators shouted, no justice, no peace, and Black Lives Matter. Moments ago, the president said he will be calling up thousands and thousands of, quote, heavily armed troops. That news comes after we'd seen so many disturbing pictures in the past week as peaceful protests turned violent. But there are some images of hope. In Kansas City, a demonstrator shakes hands with the police officer, a rare moment of civil discourse in a turbulent time. In Camden, New Jersey, the police chief joined a rally and raised a fist. The police chief in Bellevue, Washington, hugged a protester. And officers in Coral Gables, Florida, knelt, to get, knelt together during a rally. Police and the people, not at odds, but coming together, all in a shared sense that things need to change. We will have much more tomorrow on this remarkable moment in history, these dramatic protests across the nation, all unfolding during a pandemic. If you can't watch CBS Evening News Live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Please stay safe and good night. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Spoiler alert, it's neither. At Happy Egg, we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first, because without happy hens, there would be no such thing as happy eggs. You know, eggs with delicious orange yolks. Those come from hens who are raised the happy way on eight plus acres of family owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.